With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Club at 22, the Rangers podcast, is supported by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Go to manscaped.com and get 20% off, plus free shipping with code CLUBAT22. Your balls will thank you. Do not enter unless you are ready to put yourself second, and that should be the only one and only time second is good enough for you. Welcome to Walter Smith, the manager here on Club at 22, the Ranger podcast. Putting a, a massive timestamp on this, this show was due to be recorded last week, however it was postponed due to the departure of Stephen Gerrard. So we're here now to give a, a little respite from the, the current manager situation at Ibrox by discussing Walter Smith. The word legend uh, gets put about a lot nowadays. However, in terms of Rangers, there has never been a more fitting term for Walter Smith. We are here to celebrate Sir Walter's managerial career at Rangers and we'll discuss the highs, the lows, the laughs and the tears of a man who has not only left a lasting impact on our club, but on our life as people. So I am your host, Scott Manning, and I'm joined by the other three lads. Ali, how are you? Not too bad. A couple of babies last night, so... Slightly tender today, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I appreciate you, mate. I appreciate you doing it, mate, uh, dragging yourself off the couch. Scotia, how's it going, mate? Yeah, I'm okay. Looking looking forward to doing this. I've, um, I was disappointed that we weren't able to discuss it on Thursday, but it gave me a, a bit more time to kind of reflect on some of the things that we're going to discuss. So, yeah, looking forward to this one. And Ryan Haymarsh, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Um, very fitting intro from me, Scott. I love that. Absolutely love that. Those words. Um, I think we've been quite a un, unsettled support 
Um, but I think we'll definitely be united in with this pod, and I'm looking forward to it. Yes. Um, not going to blow my own trumpet or anything, but this is the most work I've ever put into a podcast in my life. And I, I'd made it quite clear to, to people when we announced that we were going to do this, that I wanted to get this right. I think it's important to get it right. So we're going to have some laughs with it. There's no doubt about it. Um, for all the memories that Walter's, Walter's brought us, we've had a lot of laughs as well. And there's been lows. There's been all over the place. So we're going to run through different um, stages of his career. The guys have picked... Different parts, uh, different moments, uh, different titles to discuss. Um, there'll be a few uh, surprises flew in across uh, across the rest of this podcast. So settle in and enjoy this as we do uh, celebrate Walter Smith. So Walter Smith came to Rangers in 1986 as number two to Sunnis before taking over as interim manager in April 1991. He was made permanent in May of the same year after Rangers clinched their fourth league title in five years. Walter then led Rangers to six more consecutive league titles, which included a treble in 92-93, and in the same season took the team to the brink of the Champions League final after going 10 games without defeat in that campaign, which was part of a 44, 44 matches unbeaten in all competitions. After leading Rangers to nine in a row, he left the club in 98 to go to Everton. He had a brief spell at Manchester United as Sir Alex Ferguson's assistant before taking over the Scotland national job, where he improved the nation's world ranking rankings by 70 places. You're welcome, Scotia. He returned to Rangers in January 2007 after the full tenure of Paul Le Guin. Uh, Smith led Rangers to a UEFA Cup final in Manchester in 2008, the club's first European final in 36 years. He won the club's 52nd, 53rd and 54th title before handing the reins over to assistant Alan McCoist at the end of the 2011 league campaign. His total tally of honours is remarkable. Uh, 10 league titles, 5 Scottish Cups, 6 league Cups and a runner-up uh, in the UEFA Cup. What I feel like weighs his honours uh, is the memories that he's provided us uh, as, as much as, as well as setting the standards uh, of the club that they are still pretty much in place to this day. Smith will be the most successful manager I will see in my lifetime. I have pretty much zero doubt of that, and I will be forever grateful that I was there to see this man lead our club to success after success. So, Ali, before we get into our talking points, just a brief overview, if you will, of um, Walter Smith. He's, well, he's always going to be the gaffer to me, isn't he? Even with... We do announce Giovanni Van Bronckhurst this week. He'll he'll always be the gaffer to me for for the rest of my life. Walter Smith. He's I've been fortunate enough to the age. Well, we're all around about the same age to to grow up during nine in a row, which was was I was brought up on Rangers just winning all the time, winning league titles, and um, he was the man that brought all that to us. Obviously, came from Helensborough, which was. Down my neck of the woods, obviously, Scotia still stays down there now. So there was a tie there. A lot of the players stayed down in Helensburg at that time. Um, <clears throat> I've got a wee story later on for one of my sort of favourite players that kind of ties into all that. But, yeah, great manager. And then he came back in the second spell, obviously, after the, the, the Le Guin experiment went wrong. And, again, came back. Well, we won two in a row, two in a row, and Edo was a t-shirt and um, worked <laughs> wonders. And he, he won his three titles, and he's he's a legend, an absolute legend. And I, I'm sure Rangers will, will do something in terms of naming a stand or a statue for him because he is he's the, he's the best he's the best manager in my life. Thing to be honest, he, he really is. Yeah, 
Um, Scotia, I know obviously there's a, a when I come to an overview, there's a, a high risk of us repeating everything, but it is important that you have your own say, so don't worry about too much if you're kind of repeating what Ali says, if that makes sense, because we pretty much all feel the feel the same way about Walter. Yeah, no, we do. Um, it's I think I've said previously in previous pods, it's the second spell that really cements me for him as, as manager of Rangers. And then obviously, as you kind of said in your intro there at the start, um, he'd done really well with Scotland. And obviously that's pretty important to me as well. I thought you would uh, I thought you would like that back, mate, to be honest. That's why I put it in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I he took over from Bertie Vokes and I put some pride back in Scotland again, which he'd done in Rangers often enough as well. Um, yeah, the word legend gets banded about maybe too too easily. Um, but Walter Smith certainly up there. I was looking through, there's eight people, right? I'm going to list eight names. Moses McNeil, Peter McNeil, William McBeath, Peter Campbell, Tom Valance, Bill Struth, Sandy Jarden and John Gregg. And Walter Smith is um, up there with them. In fact, he's probably, personally for me, he's right at the top of that. Um, and I don't think I can pay him any higher praise than that. That's superb. Absolutely excellent. And you're quite right now in these well and truly deserved to be in involved in names um, from the history of this, this great club. Uh, Ryan, over to you now, mate. He's a huge part uh, of my youth. Walter Smith, I think I said in the, when we did the pod about him when he, when he passed it, I always found it strange when people were upset about celebrities dying. I was certainly upset when, when Walter passed and mm-hmm. I would just be echoing what Scotia and Ali and yourself have said, so I don't reckon I... <laughs> to dilute it anymore but I absolutely loved Alan McCoy's um, tribute to him on TalkSport which was minutes after the announcement he was a father figure to people he was a great friend a husband grandfather, father a great man and you can tell that in interviews he's done and just moments he's had over that we've had wee snippets into probably not, not as much as we would like but you can tell he was just such a great guy off the, away from football as well. And yeah, uh, more, more than a legend, an absolute class act. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it was, yeah, yeah it was emotional seeing all the different tributes come in for him, but it was also, it made me feel proud. And I know that's probably me being, make put myself in a bit of a pedestal, if you like, but it made me feel proud that people were talking about this guy that, that had such an effect on my life as well. And it was coming from, all over the place, people that not even really fully involved in football, people that have just knew the guy, people that have just had interactions with the guy, interviewers, journalists, everybody just been like the guy was he was different class. There was there's none like him, and there'll probably never be another one like him. And how McCoy's kept that together, mate, for that interview at that and talks about I've got no idea how we done that. I mean, that's <laughs> I mean, me and Ali when we did ours, we just just until the very end of that, managed to help hold it together. He had a, Ali had a massive gasp for breath towards the end, and then I just completely fell apart because I knew that he was very close as well. And it was a a real emotional one. The tribute that we done, I felt that we had to do because it, it, I, I was genuinely felt like I'd lost a family member. It, it felt something. It hit me in a way that probably no celebrity or anything somebody I've not personally known um, has hit me like and 
I was actually talking to um, a lady I work with. Um, Ali will know who that is, and she was like, she mentioned that she'd watched it, and she's got no interest in football. And she was, she's like, oh, I seen your tribute to Walter. And she was like, that was the way I was when Diana died, and I was like, God, that I'm not saying like Walter Smith is important as Diana, but that was the that was the feeling that I got that people must have had when Diana died. It must have been around something like that because a guy that you didn't know personally had such this effect on your life. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the tributes were. Absolutely superb, and um, hopefully others did a, a wee bit of justice as well. Um, as I say, it was the toughest one. I did the most work for this one, but that podcast was the toughest one that I have ever done. So we'll move on to the talking points, lads, that we're going to speak about. And uh, we can all drafted, put, put our, our ideas into the hat for this one, and we've come up with the, the first one being your first ever memory of Walter Smith. So, Scotia, do you want to go first, mate? I honestly really struggled with this one because Walter Smith was an ever-present for me growing up. He was just always at Rangers. Um, so I, I really did struggle and I wasn't sure if I was picking what would be my first memory or kind of like manufactured kind of memories of it. But I think the worst, first one that springs to mind has to be um, when we won the title um, against Aberdeen, the Ibrox in uh, 1991. He'd obviously, as soon as he'd just left, um, what, in about the 16th or 17th of April, 1991, and then leaves us a wee bit in the lurch, <laughs> similar to what's going on at the moment, a wee bit. Um, we've got four games left to play, and, you know, we've not secured the title as such. We still need to go out and actually actually win the title. So Walter Smith comes in charge for um, those last four games, wins the first two against St Mirren and Dundee United, then we get beat away to Motherwell and we go into the last game of the season against Aberdeen for a, a, a kind of title decider you know it was two points a game back in back in those days and we go in and yeah we absolutely win Hately runs away with the show and um, scoring us to, to secure us the title the new Aberdeen were our big rivals at that point you know Celtic weren't really anywhere in the picture so it was a very, very um, good day for him personally obviously having to take it over and one of the things that kind of struck out for me is there was the picture of him, Chris Woods and uh, Nigel Spackman that kind of really burned into my memory because when I was looking through stuff, researching this, it just, I was like, oh, I remember that. And then there's also a wee point where um, I think it's Spackman tosses him the trophy when we're, we're out doing celebrations. And th- again, that is something that's just stuck in my mind, whether it's from, I was, I was only four at the time, so I probably don't really remember it. Maybe just watching old videos back. In the, sorry, through the nineties, I think that's the one that stands out for me as my first first memory of Walter. Ali, I've just realised, mate, that you've picked the same one. Uh, this is why I shouldn't plan podcasts, everybody. <laughs> uh, I have just noticed, mate. I was like, oh, hang on, that's the same game. <laughs> so <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> this is why I shouldn't plan pods, man. Honestly, so yes, Ali, I might as well just pass it to you, mate. My bad, lads. That is what I'd planned to do, everybody, is that I wasn't going to let the other lads know what everybody had picked. Uh, so it kind of brought back memories of this one. But this one is on me. I have overlooked this one. So sorry, Pion. That's not a good start, to be honest. Well, um, Alex, go to you, mate. Me and Scotia actually discussed last night. We actually cheated a wee bit and actually asked each other what we'd picked in the, the different topics and realised we'd picked the same one. But I thought, well... Maybe Carney's going to throw a curveball in it and link the two of us together for it, but obviously not. But no. um, I'll let you off with it anyway, though, Carney. But no, that is, um, Scotia's pretty much summed up very well. But 
it's difficult. I found it difficult as well, Scotia, because like Scotia says, he, he was there all through our childhood. And, I mean, we were quite young back then. I mean, 91, when he, when he took over for Sunnis, I was six years of age. So I was just going to games at that point. But you're very, very young at that point to try and grab a moment. So possibly cheating a wee bit now. You've got YouTube, etc., to go back and look at all these moments. But that 2-0 game, the same as Scotia, to me, was one that, the chips were down at Rangers were down at the bare bones that game as well. I remember Walter Smith doing a few interviews saying that he had different players in all sorts of positions, which Walter liked to do further down his career in terms of moving players in different positions. But it was a, a bandaged up team and and Mark Hately with two trademark bullet headers to beat Aberdeen in a shoot off was um incredible, incredible. And it's the exact same Scotia. My image is is um is, is him lifting that trophy. I'm not sure if he had the cardigan on at that point. You said the cardigan on, but that's that's my um, that's my kind of moment as well. So I don't want to go too much on it because Scotia covered it quite well there, and I'll pass the baton on to Ryan for his for his memory. I I um, yeah, I've made a mess of that one. Uh, to be completely honest, I just I've overlooked it. I, I really have. It's the way I've took the notes down, and as soon as Scotia started talking about that game, I was like. Oh no, that's the same as Ali's. <laughs> um, look, it's some game. I mean, it really is. I'm too. I'm too young. I'm a few years younger than you, lad. So I don't remember that. Apart from watching it back on different videos, so I don't remember them the, the, that game specifically. But I mean, I've seen that video. I don't know how many times of Hately scoring the goals, and I think that's just before Mark Hately started to lose his hair. He still had the full whole head of hair was still going on for Hately. So the next, the following year, he starts to lose it. But yeah. Uh, great choices though and yeah apologies hopefully that doesn't happen again I'm now panicking and trying to scurry through my notes to make sure this hasn't happened again um, Ryan I'll come to you for your choice mate what was your first memory of Walter? It's the exact same game No mine's is completely different as you know uh, so it's it was 1995 it was my first uh, Rangers game um, me and my dad went to Rangers had already secured the title. I'm a bit like Scotia in terms of I probably got earlier memories of Smith, but rather than nostalgic or whatever, you, I think this is a bit the, my first real memory of Walter Smith seeing him, seeing him physically for the first time. Uh, yeah, we're playing Motherwell at home. The league is already done. I think it's about April time, 1995. Uh, Motherwell at home, and Motherwell were second that year. They had a, a pretty decent team with. Dougie Arnott and, and Toby Coyne up front. And um, me and my dad are sitting in the, the broom on rear. And um, I, I'm pretty sure I'm sitting with a, a Polaroid, uh, not a Polaroid, you know the wee disposable cameras you used to get? Yeah, yeah. I'm sitting with one of them and I'm taking pictures of the, the governing pictures of the, the stands and all excited because this is my first time at Ibrox and whatever. Um, and we go down 1-0 to the Dougie Arnott that scored. And Motherwell are battling us like they're all over us. We are obviously switching off, we've won the league. And um, then there's, a, there's like a murmur. Obviously, Walter Smith liked to watch games up in the director's box um, from that angle. And then there's a murmur. Like, I remember sitting there and I could hear everybody, like, just, you know, there's something happening. Like, you know, that kind of feeling when Celtic score, or there's a kind of murmur in the stadium, you're like, what's happening? And down comes Walter, he walks through the tunnel with us, like, proper angry walk swaggering right down the tunnel and I'm just like who the fuck is that and I'm looking at my dad and this guy's like 
that's right, well, we're fucking kick their asses. <laughs> my dad goes, that's, that's Walter down, and I'm like, ah, Walter? And I'm like, Jamie's like, that's Walter Smith down, he must have been up in the stand watching this. And I'm like, right, right, and I'm looking at my dad's like, oh, this is fucking crazy, like. And he's, he's, he's straight up at the dugout, and he's rolling at people, and he's pulling Archie and walks in, and he's pointing at people, blah, blah, blah. And he stands and watches it for five minutes, then goes back up to the director's box, but... I mean, we did get beat 2-0 that day. The league was already over, but just his presence was just the whole stadium knew. There's Walter come down the tunnel. He's going to kick some balls <laughs> and kick their asses. But, um, yeah, so I always remember that. That's my first memory of him. That's a good one. And I know exactly what game you're talking about, mate. How many times have we seen Walter emerge from the dugout, mate? Um, emerge from the tunnel, mate, when he doesn't look very happy? Uh, that's happy plenty of times in uh, his time at Ibrox. Um my first one, again, it's more, it's more from the telly. It's more from the TV. I, I was used to watch all the highlights on the TV and sit with my dad, and they would always interview Walter after it, and I would be like, "Dad, who's that? That's Walter Smith's son. That's the Rangers manager." And it, it, it just kind of became a guy you knew. As soon as you seen his face, it was like, "Oh, Walter, he's the guy who manages Rangers." And I was so young. At the time, obviously, when I first started getting associated or getting into Rangers and thinking about Rangers, like, I never ever thought about there being another manager. I never ever thought about, like, I presumed that whoever was the manager of Celtic at the time was always a manager of Celtic. I hadn't co- got into my head the concept that managers move on, etc. So I just always remember thinking, oh, it's just the Rangers manager and never really could think twice about it. My first actual sighting of Walter was at a friendly game. That was my first game that I went to. I think Rangers played at Arsenal at Ibrooks. And he spent most of the most of the game, I think, he spent in the actual dugout. I just remember looking and watching. I was fascinated by how the dugout was watching, uh, how the dugout was. And it was the middle of summer um, as well. And I just remember always watching them and just seeing the kind of the grey bits around the side of the hair of Walter and thinking that's the manager, that's the guy that I see on the TV all the time. Uh, so that's really the, the, the only one really for me. Uh, but a good one to start. Mess up for me. Yes, I know. Uh, apologies. So we'll move on to the our favourite... Um, our favourite nine in a row, so favourite night, a favourite title of nine in a row, um, basically. So obviously there was a wee bit of clashing with this one, lads. I had to come back to you a few times to say, can I pick that? Somebody else picked that. But we got there in the end. So uh, Scotia, I'm actually going to start with yours again. So this is Scotia's pick. Yeah. The manager led the celebrations in earnest in the dressing room and the magnitude of the achievement of five in a row was not lost on him. That puts us among uh, you know, the Rangers great teams, I think. I think the last time I was looking through it was a way back, so the boys are celebrating us that, so I hope we can uh, make it six and uh, eventually get up to the night. You know, they never cease to amaze you. The resilience have fought back in games, have been down in games, have won easily in games. They've been tremendous performance. Thanks very much. <laughs> so, Scotia, you have picked 92 and 93, or most commonly known as five in a row. So, why have you picked this, mate? Yeah, well, I probably need to caveat this by the fact that the choice that I would have went for um, was picked by the other guys. Um, so... <laughs> My mem- like I've got more memories of those ones, as it were. Um, so I'm kind of again, perhaps going off a wee bit of videos and things for this one, and just watching it at the telly because I had 
hadn't been to Ibrox by that point. But I think it was important that we picked this one because it's probably one of Walter Smith's best. Not just the league title, the season as a whole. I mean, we won the treble that year. Europe was absolutely amazing that year. I think that that's a big one that I kind of, why it stands out for me. It's like how good we were in Europe. Um, you know, getting into the first ever Champions League, we're one of those wee, you know, the wee ball that it shows, we're one of those wee stars. That's one of them is Rangers, if people didn't know that, um, which is really good. And Kenny almost robbed out of that final um, against Milan with the, the match fixing stuff that went on with Marseille. But yeah, I mean, the league itself, I think we won by about nine points, you know, but I think it was a fairly, fairly tidy league for us, you know, played really well. McCoyst get his second um, golden boot in Europe. You know, two seasons in a row he's done that. I think he's the first ever Scottish player to do it since probably Dalgleish maybe or someone like that. And it's certainly the first player in Scotland to do it, um, which was absolutely remarkable. Yeah, and as, as I say, I've not got a huge amount of memories, so maybe doing it a wee bit of um, injustice myself because I was I was I would have been five six over the course of that season, so. It was when I was just starting to get into football, really properly into football. It was around about that that kind of period. So perhaps doing it a wee bit of disservice, but I thought it was important that it was one of the seasons of the nine in a row title that we discussed because it was was so good. Definitely. Um, it's a very important title, that one. It's, people always speak about the 92-93 um, team. Do you know what I mean? They, they always speak about them. And that game, the, the, the clip I just showed, Rangers beat Airdrie Onions 1-0 away to secure that. Airdrie? Like, <laughs> Airdrie? When were Airdrie in the Premier League? It's crazy when you think of that. Honestly, that's absolutely mad. When I was looking it up, I was like, no way, I can't believe that. Are uh, you getting any memories? Carney, Carry on, mate. I was, I was might actually just steal what Ali's about to say here. Probably um, Gary McSwiggins <laughs> header <laughs> against Marseille, and me and Ali. Oh yeah, bastard! Went, went, to, went to that club. <laughs> that I club asked the question the, as well. Yeah, we went to that club and um, beside the Modern Art Gallery. Twenty nine. Um, yeah, twenty nine is that it? Yeah, and Gary McSwiggin was there, and I think was Durant there as well. Durant, I think it just won a title with yeah. Dumbarton or something, or they just get promotion. So they're all a bit worse for wear, and I we were chatting away to them about it. That was that was quite a good night. What did you Sorry, Ali. <laughs> well, I, I I said to to Gary McSweegan, I was like, "Oh, that that goal you scored against Marseille, the, the, the header was a was it, it was a Marseille. It was a two each game. It was like, I that, that was what a goal that was." And Ian Durant must have been listening to the story. But I, but it wasn't as good as mine against Marseille. It was just brilliant <laughs> the way he came in and said it. Outstanding. That's, that's brilliant. Um, Ali, you get. And add on Scotia's choice? Uh, 95 nights. Not really. It's, it's kind of stuck right in the middle of the nine in a row, to be honest. So I thought Scotia covered it quite well, to be honest. But I wouldn't say much in the 95 I 96. I remember the, the, the video for it. It was like a light blue video cover, wasn't it? Like a shiny silver bit down. I used to have all of them. VHS who's now younger. Again, my mum's chucked all that stuff out as well as all my old tops. I'll never forgive her for this. Because I don't I kept everything that I never get through it. So I don't know where they all are now. In landfill, probably somewhere. But I just remember the cover of the, the box for that. Um but again, I would just I would probably still would still be a bit too young uh, for that one. Brian, and add on that. No, that was just the start of it for me as well. Um I just remember the Rangers newsies coming through every week. Obviously, you didn't have Sky. Rangers news. The fact that Rangers <laughs> newsies coming news. through every single week and sitting absorbing every single 
Ward and Pitcher and Dad, can I please put that poster up on the wall? No, I've not read it yet, kind of thing. And <laughs> it was a, it was just a start of it. And as I said, it's, it's part of our childhood. Walter Smith lifting trophies. And yeah, for me, that was a start of it, that, the, the five in a row. So it was um, iconic. It's a good, it's a good pick to Scotia. Yeah, mine just put, I say mine just probably six in a row um, that I properly started to really take note of, of what, what Rangers was all about because I'm still a wee bit younger than you. Not by very much, but it's just that difference when you're younger of that year or so that kind of makes a difference. But yeah, Scotia, absolutely cracking choice. Ali, we'll move on to yours. Um, this is Ali's pick. So Ali has picked title number eight in the nine in a row run, eight in a row at Ibrox or Gaza's eight in a row, as most people remember it. Uh, but now you're talking. Uh, now I remember these games. Now you're now you're talking, Ali. Why have you picked eight in a row? Again, well, Christ was an ambulance in the background there. Right? <laughs> it takes go, shall we? Um, no, it's um, yeah, similar to yourself. As I, as I said earlier on, a lot of Walter Smith early titles, we, we were quite young of age. This one is quite vivid. Obviously, Gascoigne was, is, was um, well, Gascoigne was signed this season by um, by Walter Smith, but we'll obviously come on to players later in the discussion. But, I mean, some of the signings he brought in that year was um, Gascoigne came in, 4.3 million, big bucks, to be honest, back then. He was on a 15 grand a week back then, which was a high wage. Um, Oleg Salenko was brought in, if you remember him. And he was <laughs> okay, actually... Man. Yeah, and he was actually shipped off in a swap deal halfway through the season for Peter Van Vossen. And we all know who <laughs> that turned out. So, there, you, there you go. So, um, I that, that wasn't great, those deals there at all. Gordon mm-hmm. Petrich was another one that was signed, who I thought was a, not a bad defender for us. Theo Snelders for Aberdeen. And uh, I used to call him Bo Peep, Eric Bo Anderson. Um <laughs> Come in as well. So um and another another name which has been linked at the moment in Rangers was Derek <laughs> Derek, Derek McInnes was also signed, who was a good player for Rangers, to be fair to him, um, brought in. But no, I this season to me, because we're getting close to the nine, so we're very, very close. And um obviously brought Gascoigne in to kind of freshen that team up because obviously you had loud up as well, but Gascoigne just added that bit of extra in that team and he slotted in well with those lads because I mean we discuss 
we discussed the team last season in terms of Rangers, in terms of how they're like a family, they're all together. This Rangers team, the nine-year-old team, were a family. They'd go out together, drink together, meals, holidays together. They were always with each other, but um, he fit, fitted in well, Gascoigne. But it was kind of similar to the the game where we talked about Hately scoring the two goals against Aberdeen. It, Rangers had to win this game against Aberdeen. Celtic were breathing down our necks. In fact, Celtic that season only lost one game and uh, we won the title, which is quite surprising when you put it in that terms. They actually drew 11 games, which killed them, and that was Tommy Burns. Tommy Burns, Celtic, and obviously Rangers broke their hearts all the time. And Walter Smith, who is good friends with Tommy Burns, um, I, he broke his heart in terms of this team, especially Andy Gorham. But we only beat Celtic once that season, a 2-0 at Ibrooks. The rest of the games were all draws. But And Europe, to be honest, was a disaster, which <laughs> during that nine-in-a-row spell wasn't great in terms of Rangers. We got humped off Juventus 4-1, 4-0. <laughs> didn't actually win a game in the group stages, so that wasn't ideal. Um, we ended up winning the Scottish Cup that season, which was a 5-1 game. You always remember Gilles Rousset with the, the ball and, and he, yeah. I think it slips under his legs. Gordon Jury got a hat-trick, Loudrop got the two that one. So, But no, the game at the end of the season, kind of that that game where Rangers went one down and um, it was the, the Paul Gascoigne show when he picked the ball up, obviously. And I mean, you've, everyone's seen it on YouTube and he scores the first goal and then obviously he's as we've mentioned in this pod before, he's blown out his arse and he was asked, look, Paul, give us one more burst. And he bursts through the middle of the park. The arms are up, holding everyone up. It just opens up in front of him, just leathers it into the, the back of the net. And, oh, brilliant. I know you were at that game, Carney. I was, unfortunately wasn't at that game. My dad my dad always worked weekends, so I was always going to midweek games. And my dad's pal had a season ticket in the club deck fact. Quite, quite close to where I am now at the moment. Um, and I used to go with him to a lot of games, but I wasn't at that one. But I remember watching it and thinking, what a man Gascoigne is, what a player he is. And, and then obviously we got the penalty near the end and they gave it to Gascoigne and he slipped away to make it 3-1. But to me, eight in a row and it set us up for the nine. It, it was memorable and it just showed you how important that signing Walter Smith made and Paul Gascoigne was because he won us that eight in a row. A hundred percent. I think the list of the signings that you said at the start, mate, showed you the the good signings that Walter would get and the awful signings that Walter would do as well. <laughs> you were like, what the fuck? I think we signed Derek McInnes for Greenock Morton. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. Greenock Morton. I remember meeting Derek McInnes. Um, I used to stay in Weems Bay and I remember meeting him in the Weems Bay Hotel. It's no longer there anymore. Uh, it's amazing when you start thinking about the times and how many memories and that it kind of flashes back to you. But that top is my favourite ever top uh, and I refuse to have it. Yeah. Uh, I refuse to... To, to budge on that one. That is my and I think it was probably because that's either my first or my second top that I ever got. And in the back of that one, I had Loudrop. I had a living Loudrop. And on the away one that we had, remember the red and white check looks like a checkboard one. And the back of that it was Gaza I had on that one. Um but as well I think it showed Walter Smith's perseverance with Gascoigne and times like this where he was just like I'm going to leave him on because he was blown out his arse. Most of the time he played for Rangers, he was blown out his arse, to be completely honest. But Walter Smith knew that if I leave him on, he will do something. And that game will live for me forever. I was, As I say, I, I was there. I seen it. I was sitting in the Broomlow in front that day. And 
I remember seeing Gascoigne run the length of that park with that ball, and I was right behind him as he hit the ball and called into the net. And yeah, I will, I'll never forget it. Uh, Scotia, anything to add on Ali's choice? No, I'd kind of be repeating what Ali said. That season always stands out for me for how good actually Gordon Jury was. You know, he, he was, was a top. He was a top. Enough. Top. Sorry, Scotch. I was just about to butt in there. He was actually top goal scorer that season. Gordon mm-hmm. Jury. Yeah, I mean that 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 game against Hearts, the the five one game. Jury was absolutely magnificent in that game, and I think a lot of the credit gets given to Loudrop, which no complaints from me why that would be. But I think Jury in that season was maybe a wee bit underrated, and you know you you watch you watch the season back, you go through the games. And he was actually a really important player player that season. Um, yeah, and. Ali mentioned some of the transfers coming in, um, we Eric Bo Anderson. I mean, he ended up staying down in Helensburg as well. And then um, me and my couple of my pals were playing playing sorry football at the, the, the local park, just kicking the ball about between ourselves. And him and his missus were walking their dog and came by and he sat with us and played football for like five, ten minutes, which was really good. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it was a really good season. It was one of the seasons... Like I'd mentioned, that I, I remember more than the the ninety two ninety three season, which, as you mentioned, the top there. I have to say, the top in the ninety two ninety three season was absolutely magnificent as well. It was, um, yes, but um, yeah, no, Ali summed it up really well, and I would just be repeating points that he's made already. Yeah, Ryan, your thoughts on eight in a row? The number, the number eight. I mean, that's what it means to me. It means Paul Gascoigne. It means eight in a row. Um, it always will for me. It's, it's a special number, and I think we need to to look at what Walter did with Gascoigne. And I think Gascoigne, we all know, has got his troubles, and he's a, he was a one-off. You'll never. I've said it in a pod before. Obviously, I'm um, a Lundgren fanatic. You might say, but I don't think you'll ever see another Paul Gascoigne. And, and Walter Smith managed him the way. I don't know if anybody else would have. There was talk of Fergus. Uh, Gascoigne going to Man United at some point in his career, and I don't think Alex Ferguson would have got what Walter Smith got out of him. They had a special relationship, and even I know there's stories about them having disagreements, and you know, obviously guys are turning up half cut or full cut, whatever you want to say. Um, but they had a special relationship. It was like, I think Walter Smith is a bit of a father figure to Gascoigne, and I think he really got the best out of him, and, and the pressure started started to, to um, build up when we got eight in a row. Obviously, nine was everything to us, but you could tell with the team it was just starting and guys, it was a great sign and a, a masterstroke from Walter Smith. Absolutely. Um, absolutely great choice. Um, right, Ryan, we'll move on to your choice and this is what Ryan has picked. And their home effort with at least a draw. It's too late now. The moment belongs to Rangers. Walter Smith... Marching off to Paul Gascoigne in a huddle there. Tommy McLean extends his congratulations. But the season again belongs to Rangers. They've been good champions once again, the ninth time in a row. And Walter Smith took over in April 1991. Won the championship that season, has done so every season. He's been in charge and yet, remarkably, we still have one or two people doubting him. And the celebrations now begin in Annas. United leave the field. Respectfully, the stage is left to Rangers. The chant around the stadium is nine in a row. And Walter Smith's reaction right on the final whistle was truly amazing. 
for once and normally so calm. There was the reaction. The man has won the title again. So on the pitch, Richard Goff has joined. So, yes, Ryan has picked nine in a row. Obviously, it was leading up to that. Scotia picking five, Ali picking number eight, and Ryan, you've picked number nine. <laughs> Ryan, why number nine, as if that's not the most obvious question ever? I'm a wee bit embarrassed. I feel as if you've uh, beaten all the defenders, took the goalkeeper up, out, and I just need to put it in the back of the net here, take nine. <laughs> um, I'm, sure, I'm sure we all picked nine. I was expecting a text message back for you saying, Ali's picked that Scotia's, but I've picked that. <laughs> so, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you very much for letting me take this. But um, I won't go too much into the season overall because we were great that season. We've done Celtic away, and they all know they all knew what it meant to us as a support. And the pressure was there. You could see it with the players at times. The, the pressure was there, and I don't think the pressure was on anybody else more than Walter Smith. He. I love seeing scenes like that. I wish I had a pound for every time I've seen those nine in a row scenes, but at the end of every trophy we lifted, it's always Smith going round about the players and his staff and grabbing them and he's whispering in their ears. I don't know what he's saying, probably something along the lines of thank you for your work, this, this is what it means to blah, blah, blah. And he's, the pressure was on him big time and he said that there's actually like a 15 minute, 10, 15 minute video and anybody watching or listening should should go and watch it when they, when they get time. And it's uh, just a nine in a row kind of highlights and then the Walter Smith interview after it. And he says, um, he says, how does it feel, Walter? And he says, it's a, this was a long time coming. And for him to say that, it obviously was a long time coming for him with the pressure. And he also says, um, they asked him about the pressure and they said, I could have been the man who didn't deliver nine in a row. That's who I would have been. But Walter, you were the man who delivered nine in a row. And it means it means everything to us. And I'll never ever ever forget. It's just it's an iconic moment seeing Smith going round with Archie Knox and, and Gascoigne. And it's a I you said we wouldn't get emotional, but I was emotional watching those scenes. Brilliant. I'm getting emotional listening to you, mate. To be honest, um, where. With Walter, he was always very dignified. He was always very not always. He would have the odd moment, or like he, he would any time and have a wee burst. We'll come on to that later on, actually. But that one, you could see how much it meant to him immediately as soon as the fight out full time whistle went. He knew what he had done. He knew what he had achieved, and he knew that he was going to be remembered as the guy that got Rangers nine in a row, mate. And I could not say it any better than the man said it himself. Um, uh, it's, it's, that this, that's everything that that game um, to, to a lot of Rangers fans. I will never ever forget it. Um, never in my life I was at Ibrox afterwards for it, and I, I'll never forget that day. Uh, I really won't. Ali, um, your thoughts in nine in a row and Brian Loudrop scoring a header as well. <laughs> I know Charlie Miller, Charlie Miller crossing with his left foot, whatever it was. I it was a bit of a bit of a weird goal and a, a bullet header for. Brian Loudrop, which you never thought you would see, but yeah, I know it's Ryan sort of summed up pretty well to be honest. But it's um I there was pressure on Rangers. I mean, especially the way they'd won the eighth title. Celtic were desperate to stop the one in this nine in a row to equal their nine in a row, and there was pressure. And I think it was a lot of relief at the end of that match when they'd finally done it. And you've seen them at I think that clip you showed if if it goes on further, that clip and they're all in the centre circle and Walter Smith's getting raised up and everything and you just you just seen what it meant to him and the backroom staff have um 
Archie Knox and the best looking guy in Scottish football, David Dodds as well. They were all loving it too. So, um, <laughs> sorry, David, if you're listening. <laughs> but, poor David, poor, man. Poor David. Oh, I know. Sorry, David, but you probably accept that. But um, aye, but no, it was it's huge. And as you were growing up, that's what you were aiming for. That's what that's what we craved. And Walter Smith delivered it for us and forever, forever thankful for him for, for delivering that for my childhood. Yeah. Scotia, your, your final thoughts on Nine Row, mate. I know it's quite hard. I'll probably stop doing this as much, lads, but these are three important titles that I felt that we all should have a say on. So, Scotia, nine in a row, mate. Yeah, nine in a row was absolutely massive. Um, the guys have summed it up well. Like, Mark, any over my memory of it is... Um, we were down to the bare bones coming into the, the end of the season. Um, I think we actually lost like four games for, between like what Easter time or just before Easter time. And we were getting down to the bare bones because I mind this is maybe not so much a Walter Smith saying, but Andy Dibble came in. <laughs> uh, I know Archie <laughs> Knox speaks about that, bringing Dibble in. And obviously, Haitley was, was, was brought back then right. as well to kind of get us over the line. It's a big, massive season for me because this is the season that I first managed to get to iBooks to watch a game. I've said previously that my dad's an Albion Rovers fan, so there was no way that he was ever going to take me to iBook. But he managed he managed to get a couple of tickets for one of the games in in Europe that season, and that was the, so that was the first game that I managed to get to was that season. So that holds a lot, an awful lot uh, for me, memory wise. Yeah, so the guys have summed up well, but we got we got what we we were all aiming for. And I think, you know, you, you've heard Brian Loudrup come out and say that he feels that we went, didn't do enough in Europe, whereas I think all of the fans, all the Scottish players, they wanted that nine in a row title and we, we managed to do it that season. Yeah, it's funny just even seeing players like Alec Cleland and in that clip as well, there was Derek McInnes as well. And yeah, players like that, that can I... Played, played their part, I suppose, but yeah, it, it doesn't have to take you back, and it, it's the memories that you, they'll live with you forever. Um, they really will. So we'll move on. Um, we'll move on to favourite favourite moment of Walter's return, uh, the, that kind of era. Um, now, obviously, Walter Smith returned to Rangers. I don't think there was, I think we'll all agree on this, uh, I don't think there was any man in the world of football that would have come back and done what Walter Smith done on his return back to back to um, Rangers and Scotia, you summed it up earlier on, mate, that this probably did absolutely cement him as one of the absolute greats of our club uh, for the work that he'd done when he came back. So, Ryan, I'll come back to you first, mate. Um, what is your favourite moment of Walter's return? Well, first, I think it's important that I was concerned when Walter came back. I was a bit anxious that he might ruin his legacy a wee bit or damage his legacy but um, no, he takes us to a European final doesn't he typical Walter Smith just has to exceed all expectations and and delight me to the to the maximum, yeah, took us to Manchester European final and a thing I'd never thought I would ever ever see um, the, I mean the, scene, the scenes I wasn't in uh, Fiorentina but I, I remember exactly where I was pub I was in as if it was like only a couple of weeks ago. I just remember the scenes in the pub when, when Novo sticks that penalty away. And um, I think it's McCoy. He's a, a good story again in talk sport. And he said, um, he turned to Walter and said, uh, no, Walter said to him, 
what's the score when Novo was just about to hit the penalty? He's like, what do you mean, what, what's the fucking score? And he's like, well, what, what happens if, if Novo scores here? And he goes, listen, Gaffer, if Novo scores here, you're going to know exactly what the score is. <laughs> and how, 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 delight, how delighted must have Walter been in to get to a European final, and especially after, I think that was the only thing Ali alluded to it earlier. During the 90s, I think Walter Smith played 4-4-2 against Juventus one day, and Borussia Dortmund and Ajax would get some absolute dunes, and Grasshopper, Gothenburg, we really didn't do ourselves justice in Europe under Smith at times. But by God, he made up for it. I think he learned a lot going down to England, um, tactically. I think he'd, he learned what to play with the cards you've, you've, you've given. And then obviously, some of those games where your, your ass was was doing buttons, you're, you're sewing buttons. Yeah, some of the games, but well, he's, tactically, he was just so much better in Europe. And to take us to a European final is. I, I, I don't. I, I'm pretty sure we'll never ever see that again. And uh, that, for me, that was solely down to Walter Smith. I know we mentioned players like McGregor, Queller. Um, Davy Weir, they all played fantastically well for him, and he got the best out of some pretty average players. Because Cut Broadfoot played in that uh, European <laughs> run, by the way. Um, <laughs> and none, I'd none come more average than Cut Broadfoot, mate. <laughs> I, I'm sure Christian Daly was kicking about as well, by the way. Um, but Walter Smith took us to a European final with a pretty average team, and he'll go down in history for that. And that's my favourite moment. It was. Um, I exceeded my expectations and well done Walter once again Yeah, superb mate, great choice uh, again, a moment I don't think any Rangers fan will really forget Manchester, brace yourself, Rangers are coming, it was uh, incredible literally incredible and yeah, we'll probably be very, very, very lucky to see I would say any Scottish team um, reach a, a European final ever again so, um, Scotia, I'll come to you next, mate. What was uh, your favourite moment in Walter's return? Yeah, I've went. My favourite moment um, has to be winning the League Cup final against St Mirren back in 2010. Um, you know, at this point, he'd given sort of control of the team over to, to McCoy, as it were, to take charge of games in the, in the, the Cup games. Um, you're playing against St Mirren, when it was that that was that the twenty first of March back in twenty ten it was, and I, I, it sticks out for me as a memory because I was actually um, didn't go to the pub to watch, didn't go to the game to watch it because we were just um, leaving the flat that I was staying on in Byers Road, and um, I had to do some, like some painting just to top it up to make sure we got the security deposit back. <laughs> um, and in fact, Ali's Ali's flatmate was supposed to be helping me out because I was staying with him at the point um, and he didn't <laughs> so I just had one TV on and this one TV sitting there and me painting the walls and um, watching it and um, it was an absolutely terrible game as such really um, Stephen Thompson probably could have scored for Dundee United uh, not Dundee United sorry um, St Mirren in the the first half Alexander makes a couple of good saves Kevin Thompson then goes in on Stephen Thompson and absolutely annihilates him. <laughs> Takes him right out of the game. He's sent off. Then Danny Wilson gets sent off after a stupid tackle, which was almost, uh, I don't know if you remember it, but it was one of these ones where it was right on the 18-yard line. So it was one of those ones that potentially could have given us a penalty, but thankfully it wasn't. And then... Up to what 83, 84 minutes. Naismith makes a burst forward, 
flings the ball in. This wee pigeon appears out of nowhere, and then <laughs> Kenny Miller connects with his head and then knocks it away. And then it was absolutely brilliant. And then Walter Smith goes absolutely mental at the end, like in celebrations as well. I remember that it was um, that was a torturous game to watch, but it was the feeling at the end of it was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it was superb. I was at that game at Hamden, mate. I, I remember that game. And uh, rumour has it, mate, that Walter Smith used to own a, a pigeon farm, mate. That's all I'm, that's all I'm <laughs> going to say on that one. Uh, Ali, I'll come to you, mate. Who was, uh, what's your favourite moment of Walter's return? Mine's slightly different. Mine's not an actual game. It's, it's just, mine's, mine's a moment which kind of sums up Walter Smith as a man and a lot of managers might have not have done what he did. But we brought in younger folk will, will know the name but maybe not know Paul Le Guin came in and he came in with a fanfare to Rangers because back then Paul Le Guin was a a big big name in European football I mean he was massive Paul Le Guin you're, you're talking mm-hmm. in terms of any big manager that's going about into the Premiership La Liga at the moment he was he was tipped to go to, to major clubs and it was a major coup for Rangers to get um, to get Paul Le Guin and he all he came in and it was we all thought, oh, he's he's just going to accelerate us to the next level. And unfortunately it didn't. He came in with his own philosophies in terms of and he's just Scottish football's a different game, you know, you guys know in terms of that. And he did well in Europe, Paul Aguin. A three two win away at Livorno, I remember. Charlie Adams scored and but I but it, it came to an end and near the end of it he had a falling out with, with Barry Ferguson. And bins Barry Ferguson basically, and at that point, he gave the captaincy to um, Gavin Ray of all people, <laughs> who I think uh, Gavin Ray has actually said in interviews later on down the line. He, he didn't really want the captaincy then, but he was given it. He was an all right player, Gavin Ray, but he's not a Rangers captain. But obviously, um, Walter got the call for David Murray to come back, and he was at Scotland's um, um, Scotia's second favourite team, Scotland at the time, and. Um, Although he did well with Scotland, he said he couldn't resist coming back to Rangers and he came back. And one of the first things he did was restore Barry Ferguson and that Rangers team. And a lot of managers might not have. They might have looked at that situation in terms of he'd fallen out with the previous manager, maybe went and don't want you in case you're a bad egg. You see that in other teams. And Walter obviously knew Barry Scottish. He's a Rangers man and put him right back into that Rangers team and built the team around Barry Ferguson. For me, that that was a big moment in terms of probably why he won the three titles going on, because he put Barry Ferguson back into that team, and he was a huge player for us, Ferguson, over the next couple of seasons. Yeah, so that's my uh, moment. Yeah, no, it's spot on, mate. As I say, it wasn't really about games. It is, this is all about moments of Walter Smith, and you are spot on uh, regarding that, mate. Um, I thought Scotia's second favourite team was Italy. No, is that just me? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, but, <laughs> uh, but no, I, you're spot on, mate. And yeah, I mean, it was, again, it's, it shows the bravery in Walter, but it also shows the man that Walter is. Um, he basically gave Barry Ferguson another chance because, look, we all know the stories behind Barry. Barry Ferguson is a podcast on his own. Um, he's one player that kind of splits the support as well. Um, I loved Barry Ferguson. I absolutely adored him because uh, of the age that I was. Now, though, I'm honest, being honest, if I went back, if it happened now, um, the way Barry Ferguson behaved, I probably 
wouldn't like him as much. Uh, I, obviously, older and wiser and all that jazz. But uh, yeah, I mean, you're spot on. Though it was a, a massive call for Walter to do that, and it certainly, certainly paid off. At least at the start of that, anyway, it definitely paid off. So we'll move on now, lads, to um, a few favourite moment in any European run that we had when Walter was in charge, and all three of you picked the same game. So in light of that. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to Mini Club Reaction here on Club at 22, the Rangers podcast. Um, to Leon Now Rangers 3 from 2007. Uh, the starting 11 was McGregor, Hutton, Quella, Weir, Papach and Dami, Beasley, Ferguson, Thompson, McCulloch and Kuzan. Um, yes, so we'll do a slight um, club reaction on this if you like. Um, Ali, your, your thoughts on the starting lineup that night? That was a decent team to be fair. Um, <laughs> I would have probably paid Morelos up top actually instead, but no. <laughs> only, on, only joking. Um, no, I mean again, I was speaking to Scotia in the pub last night, and he went, "Oh, I've picked Leon as well." And I was like, hey, "Carney's got to have a curveball here," but I never realised Ryan's actually picked it as well. But um, I actually had a wee bit of a story in this one because um, obviously Carney and Scotia know um, our pal Mahal Fraser um, that day he went on a date with a girl and I was going, what do you mean you're going on a date with a girl tonight? Rangers are playing in Europe. And he went, oh, no, but I can't go any other time. I was like, yes, you can. He says, Rangers, Rangers are playing in Europe. Rangers come first. And I couldn't believe he was going on this date. And I was like, I can't believe you've done that. I would never do that. I plan everything around Rangers, as everyone knows. But And obviously the, resu- the result happened. And I went, you've just missed possibly the greatest away result in Rangers history tonight to go on a date with a girl and I'll tell you what he never married her anyway and he is married now so <laughs> that's on him <laughs> that... up for him. I can't yeah. believe you're doing a Walter Smith, Walter Smith podcast and we're talking about my how yeah. how did that happen? it, it link, links to the game but but yeah, yeah. But, 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 I mean that, that to me was that. I think that is the greatest result we've had away from home, in my lifetime, I would say, um, to win 3-0 a good Leon team. They had that. was the boy that hit the free kicks. Was it Diego? Jorginho. I sorry. I, yeah. I, he could he could hit free kicks for fun, that boy. And the result, oh, I'd love to see what we were for 3-0 away in the bookies. At Leon. That must have been some result. And it set us up lovely in that group as well. We were motoring. And that was the, that was the, that was the road to Manchester that year, which a lot of folk forget because we obviously you'll come on to what happened in the when they came to Ibrox, but it's my memory is is, is that one. That's that, that that's huge, huge. And um I great goals as well, but I'll, I'll let the other guys speak on it. Yeah, Scotia, you'll be best to pick out who's the big players in that Leon team. Um well obviously Benzema. He was just Jamie, in the ground running there. He was there. That um, Anderson was playing. Uh, you had who f- was it? Fabio Grosso was playing in defence for them. And um, who was the boy that played with Arsenal? Is it like Squitchley, Squitchley? Don't know, but he was I playing as well. They had, I mean, they had a, they had, had a big team. Yeah, and they were like one of the favourites for that group. And yeah, I mean, the game, I mean, we obviously, the game previously, we beat Stuttgart 2-1. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this one, this one was, 
it kind of proved to me that we actually could do something in Europe. And I was feeling very com- confident in Europe that season because we ended up going on to, I think we played uh, Barcelona at home the next game and we drew with them, nil-nil. But this this result kind of gave me the confidence that, you know, Walter Smith can, can go out and do this. He can, can get his places. Perhaps the Champions League group itself finished in a wee bit of disappointment by not finishing second. But as Ali's mentioned, it did lead us on down the road to Manchester, and Ryan summed up the that Fiorentina moment um, very well because that was what that was one of my I think that was my favourite moment of Europe would have been the Fiorentina one, but since Ryan had picked its favourite moment, I've, I'd, I'd opted for the, the Lyon game because this kind of set the foundation, and um, as well Kuzan had an absolute brilliant game and he was getting a wee bit of stick and I think he'd been getting stick in France as well. And this game kind of like it turned around, kind of just stuck two fingers up to like all the French media, really, in terms of how well he played. And but the the, the goal that I remember the most is a uh, wee Marcus Weasley's goal. It was just wonderful, just great counter attacking play by Rangers. And ah, you were in heaven when that happened. It was wonderful. Yeah, it was a typical Lee McCulloch kind of goal um, for, for our first Kuzan, who was a he was a strange player, Daniel Kuzan, because he was so talented, honestly. He just could never be asked to do it. He just couldn't be bothered. But when he was when he played well, I mean, because even the goal we scored against um Celtic, I mean, it was unbelievable. It really is. He was he was really some player. And yeah, Beasley's goal, mate. I remember Beasley's goal because it was such a kind of long ball over the top and he got away at such pace that when he scored, it seemed like it took a lifetime for any player to get up and celebrate with him. He was there for about five minutes just standing in that corner on his own, I think. Uh, I'll never forget that night either. Uh, it was absolutely incredible and it probably is the the best the best European away result Rangers will I'll probably see in my lifetime to be honest I can't see he's really better than that because that was a really good Leon team like a very very good Leon team Ryan uh, your thoughts on, on the game mate and who was your man of the match no, I'm kidding <laughs> well if you look if you dip into the archives and uh, look at the podcast that we did before the before that game I actually said 3-0 that night um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just just also saying about Scotia, I've mentioned some of the players. That was, I think it was Hooley who was the manager of them at the time. Mm-hmm. And they also had that boy, is it Sylvan Govu? I think we got linked with him a few times, a, a wee striker. And they had that Kalsham as well, who was the Swedish boy. He was a fantastic player. Um, but oh, what a result. It just it cements what I said earlier on about Walter Smith changing his, changing his outlook and his, his tactics in Europe. He really got it spot on uh, that night, played to our strengths and I mean, Leon were beating, I'm pretty sure they were beating the likes of Real Madrid and stuff at home the year before that in the Champions League. They were a proper, proper outfit. And um, uh, were fantastic that night. And uh, just as you mentioned, Kuzan. Kuzan reminded me of kind of Balotelli. He was just so unpredictable, but had such talent. Um, he was a fantastic player, Kuzan. But uh, Rangers, Rangers were great that night. And um, that's definitely, I think, I would agree with Ali. I think that's the best away European performance and result that I've ever seen um, a Rangers team have because it was uh, it put it put our name out there and it was, a, it was I think it was a Tuesday night. Me and my mates were watching it in, in his house and it was just just in a couple of beers obviously during the week we're all we're all working and stuff and uh, after the game we're like we need to go out we need to go out and celebrate we need to get into town. I'm like, well, it's a Tuesday night, but we've just beat Leon so fuck it let's go out and celebrate. <laughs> we ended up out on our phone the ex wife and I'm like Listen, we're going out. We've just beat Leon. She's like, what? 
I'm like, we've just beat Leon. And she's like, all right then. So it was, yeah, fantastic night. And yeah, it just showed that Walter Smith has adjusted, adjusted his tactics accordingly to, to Europe. Yeah, and it was the, the it's, it became a it became a kind of typical Walter Smith team performance in Europe, if that makes sense, from kind of then on, and it kind of set the staple for us to get to Manchester. Um, three chances, three goals, really, but it, they were just such a strong Leon side, and yeah, it was just one of the nights that you'll never ever forget. And you, you're spot on, Brian. I say I, I'm, I feel like I'm painting the wall again, but he's. His tactical knowledge had changed. He changed how he was going to approach games. He wasn't really stubborn, and he knew what he had to do in order to get the result. And yeah, it'll be a, a night that we will we will always remember. So we'll jump on. That's our second last, second last one. Really, um, we'll go with best and worst player um, for this. Uh, Ryan, I'll come to you first, mate. Who's your Who's the best player that Walter Smith signed? I'd imagine this was a hard one for us all because um, there's so many, he signed so many good players. I mentioned Gascoigne and Laudrup and the rest of them. But for me, pound for pound, the best signing that Walter Smith made was in 1991 for a million pounds was Andy Gorham. Um, I thought he was a pheno- an absolute phenomenon at times and won 10, ten trophies with his um, the flying pig. He was, he was embarrassed in some of the saves he made for us. And even not not just that, you always think Andy Gorham against Celtic, pulling off wonder saves against them and penalty save, that penalty save against Van Hoydonk. But what I always remember Andy Gorham for is when we were playing at Ibrox and you were absolutely battering a team like 3-0, 4-0, and they hadn't had a shot at full game. And then in the 89th minute, they would, they would create a chance and Andy Gorham pulled off a world-class save. That's how good Andy Gorham was. He was always switched on for us and... Um, reliable for for Walter Smith and he was the start of the, a backbone of a very very successful Rangers team and that I think is a, yeah that's the best pound for pound signing I think Walter Smith made yeah I think Ali's a wee bit shocked that you've picked that to be honest I seen his face when you said it but you'll know why you'll know why soon enough um, I, I I can't disagree with, with Andy Gorham, he is the goalie and he's the goalie for a reason. Uh, I will say now, obviously in the present day, what McGregor does is pretty much exactly the same as what Gorham used to have to do. We used to dominate games for the majority of the game and in that one moment, but you always knew that you had that one moment uh, and save against Pierre Van Plonkedon live with me forever because it was one of them saves that I was like how did he do that how have you managed to save that uh, and my one of my wee claim to fames is I have beat Andy Gorham at pool um, <laughs> and I've got on video that was a cracking night oh, no, I forget that that was good uh, Ali your thoughts on the goalie well I actually thought Ryan would pick Lloyds up because um, mm. I'd, I'd picked Andy Gorham as well and obviously I had to change it because now I've known that Ryan picked yeah, but him. And... Who, do you, who do you think's picked Lloyds up? But... Oh, you. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, no, Andy Gorham is... I'm the same as Ryan. I just think value for money and, and what he gave us was... And he was crucial. The, the points he got Rangers through that nine-in-a-row season... Them, the saves he made against them, I mean, he he hurt them. Similar to what McGregor does now to them now, but I was he was massive, Andy Gorham. And like you say, we've had the pleasure of meeting him. He, he drank down 
down in our pub for a good few weeks and we got to know him and used to call Scotia Dado Perso, but I used to call him Big Dodo instead, which was quite good. So <laughs> it's it it quite funny. I, and, uh, I, he, used I to call, he used to call me Bluto. Yeah, he called you Bluto as well, <laughs> which was good. And he, he liked a wee gin and that. But no, he, he was yeah. good in the pub, to be fair. He, he would give us time and talk to us about stuff and he, he was brand new. But um, no, nah, everything, everything Ryan said and Andy Gorham, I agree with it all. Yeah, Scotia. Yeah, Andy Gorham is an absolutely brilliant shout. Um, and, you know, I, I just, that season, I think we signed Robertson and McCall as well. And those are both big, massive players. And Gorham, can he, like the guys say, he helped us win the leagues. And the, the kind of saves he made, he was one of the best goalkeeper in the world at one point, I think, I would think personally. that You know, I know that there was an awful lot of talk about Schmeichel perhaps being better later on in the 90s. People but, said... Canny was better than the people said. That yeah, that was, was than. that was maybe later on in the nineties. But I think you know, obviously, the early nineties, like 92, 93, 94, 95, Gorham was was right up there. Um, yeah, absolutely brilliant shout. Yeah, great shout. Uh, I will go next um, because I just mentioned that my pick is God. It's Brian Laudrup. It is the best signing I'll ever see any Rangers manager make ever uh, in my entire life, and I'll not. Not be told otherwise. Um, I just love, apart from what what Brian Loudrop means to me uh, in terms of the way I am as a, a Rangers fan, uh, I wouldn't have had Brian Loudrop if it wasn't for Walter Smith signing him. Um, Brian Loudrop is my hero and he always will be my hero. He's held in such a high regard to me and he is... Uh, I wanted to be him when I was growing up, but everything I had to do was to be like Brian Loudrop. And I still say anybody that puts on that number 11 jersey has a big, big shirt to fill because, in my opinion, 11 is Brian Loudrop's number. I know, I think Cooper wore it before that. Is that correct? David Cooper wore 11. So, I mean, Cooper, Loudrop, and then Alberts eventually moved to number 11 after wearing three for a while. Um, uh, and then at one point, I think I remember seeing David Templeton wearing number 11, and I was going, what the fuck has happened here? <laughs> <laughs> um, no disrespect to David Templeton, but you're nowhere near Brian Loudrop. But I just love when Walter had the conversation with him, um, and Loudrop admitted that he would rather play at Dingwall on a rainy Tuesday night rather than go anywhere else. Um, and he absolutely loved it. And I think that's also down to the effect that Walter Smith had on players. People wanted to play for Walter Smith. They wanted to continue to work with them. They, Walter Smith would give them the tools to perform at the, their absolute best and he just believed in them and Walter believed in them and it just it's just one of them relationships that you have as a, a manager. You can't, you can't buy that sort of respect. You can't buy that sort of aura that Walter Smith had. Uh, and yeah, and if it wasn't for... If it wasn't for um, Walter Smith, I would never have seen Brian Loudrop playing for Rangers. So for that, I will be forever grateful. Um, we've spoken about Loudrop enough, lads. I'm also a wee bit cautious of, of time. Uh, so, Ali, I'll come to you, mate. Who was your greatest ever signing? I know it was Gorham before or Loudrop, but you know what I mean? Who did you go? Because yeah. then you got third pick. <laughs> go on. Another, another obvious one, to be honest, is, is Paul Gascoigne. I kind of covered him during eight in a row, but... What a signing he was, and he came with the the bleach, the bleach white hair and the blonde hair, and everyone get that done. And he, um, he actually came to view my my grandpa's house down just outside Helmsworth to 
he was maybe looking at buying it, and I made sure I was there. To, he was there, and he came with the bleach blonde hair, and I got his autograph and stuff. And my mum always says to me this day, he went, "You were more interested in Cheryl at the time because Cheryl was with him, and she had big, she had big, le- she had big leather black boots on." And my mum was saying, "You were just looking at her all the time." And um, I said, so that, "That was that was quite good actually. I got to meet meet Gascoigne, but no, he was brilliant, Gascoigne, and." Even Walter Smith taking a gamble to sign Gascoigne, and he's told the story when me and Scotia at the speakers event in terms of he, he doorstepped him and he, he went out to his, his villa out and wherever it was at the time at Italy and rang the buzzer and Gaza comes down on a quad bike to meet him and tells him to jump in the back of a quad bike and then he says, instead of going up the track, just back up to the house, Gascoigne takes him in a wild route round <laughs> up over and up. <laughs> sits, sits, him, sits him down and goes, right, what do you want? And he goes, right, I want you to come and play for Rangers. And Gascoigne just turned around and went, I'll, I'll come and play for you. And that was, that was it. <laughs> had a beer with him and said, I'm away in holiday tomorrow. I'll leave you with Jimmy and the rest of his pals. So he had to stay with them and he got a flight home. And he, he went back the next day and the chairman, Archie Knox, said, how's you gone? They went, I'll sign for us. He was you know, like, what do you mean? He went, he said, I'll sign for us. That was it. And um, <laughs> but no, Gascoigne, brilliant. And we covered him during eight in a row, Gascoigne, but what he did in that eight in a row season, I had his troubles, Gascoigne, and, but Walter knew how to manage him. And I think Gascoigne has talked about Walter before in terms of, he lived in his own a lot, Gascoigne. He had his problems with, obviously, his... his his partner at the time, Cheryl, and Walter actually took him in at Christmas one time and he, and he spent Christmas with Walter and the family, which I thought was a good touch for Walter. A lot of managers wouldn't do that, but Walter seen seen him and thought, no, I'm going to look after him. And he would always have an eye on Gascoigne. He knew because Gascoigne stayed at Cameron House a lot, which isn't far from Walter's house. And he always knew because he, he had a shandy one night. Gascoigne, he told us he had a shandy one night and Walter found out he had a shandy. And, um, Dropped him for the next game <laughs> just to keep a warning, but he always knew he always he always had um, folk looking out for Gascoigne. But in terms of the player, Gascoigne could just turn a game similar to Loudrop. He just added that extra to that Rangers team and um, fantastic player. But you could talk about Gascoigne all night, but I really, yeah, again, we'll have to thank for the fact that we have seen Paul Gascoigne play for Rangers and arguably play some of his best ever football with Rangers, to be honest. Um, Gascoigne is a uh, a legend in his own right. He's uh, <laughs> he is. He's what again? I'm painting the wall again. Um, Ryan said that there will be no other Paul Gascoigne ever, ever again. Um, he is truly one in a million. Scotia, I'll come on to yours. MD, want to guess what position the player that's Scotia <laughs> does? <laughs> Defender. Defender. up. <laughs> ah, it's Richard Goff when he brought him back from Kansas City Wizards. <laughs> No way. <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. I wouldn't have let my way for that one. Yeah, no, it's a, it was quite a tough one because, I mean, Walter must have signed, what, close to 100 players over mm-hmm. his spells in, in charge. don't know the exact number, but an awful lot of players that he's brought in. But yes, um, defender at heart that I am, I've went for my, my favourite signing under Walter, and that's um, David Weir, um, who... Obviously, Walter comes in to replace Le Guin, notices that we have an issue straight away. I mean, we had Svensson and Rodriguez. Papach was occasionally playing at centre-back at those times. And those players in and of themselves aren't terrible players, but for whatever reason, they just couldn't play for us. <laughs> um, so Walter identifies straight away that 
no, we need we need someone in defence. So he brings in Weir along with um, Big Ugo Egeok as well, actually. He brings him in. Um, now, I'm sure Walter Smith, I might have this wrong. I might have picked it up wrong somewhere. But I'm sure he wanted well, uh, David Weir to sign for Rangers during the 90s as well. But obviously he left Falkirk and went to Hearts. But eventually, eventually, Walter Smith actually took him to... To Everton when he went down there. I think that was one of his first signings down in Everton was actually Davy Weir as well. And um, yeah, so we signed him for a free in, um, in 2007 and obviously Davy Weir goes on to stay for five seasons, becomes the captain after all the fracas way Ferguson <laughs> happening, you know, 100, 160 odd appearances for us. And the, the influence that David Weir has had on players such as Queller, Beguera, Danny Wilson, like these are players that would be nowhere near as good or nowhere fondly thought of by us sports if it wasn't for for David Weir. And I, ju- I, ju- I know um, Ryan had mentioned there about um, pound for pound signing, but I just wanted to read something that I, I, I picked out um, when Walter Smith was asked about his best signing. He says, I've been asked a few times in interviews to name the player that I felt was my best signing as Rangers manager. But it's a tough question to answer because a lot of the players I brought to Ibrooks went on to draw a great level of success at the club. If, however, you would ask me the best pound for pound signing, that's slightly easier because it would have to be Davy Weir, who came to us for nothing. We didn't even pay a pound for him. That's just a wee small X track to that. But can't disagree with those words, in my opinion. You can you can certainly not disagree with them words. Davy Weir became close to a legend at Rangers for what he done when he came to, to the club I mean none of us really expected that I think a lot of people were quite shocked with the age that he was and I think he finished at 41 42 was he when he, yeah, when he chucked yeah. it so I mean that's unbelievable it really is and Davey we are um he was he was he was so good. Uh, he was he was abs- he was he was brilliant. And you're right. He, he he brought everybody else around him. He just ushered whoever was playing at centre back with him through a game. Spoke to him, told him how to play the game, made them the players that they were. So that is an absolutely cracking shout, Scotia. Um, an absolute cracking shout. But many ups, many downs, and we'll come to the downs now. So Ali, I'm just going to do one word here because um, we'll finish up with the wild card. So I'm just going to ask you for your worst player, and all you need to do is give me a name, right? So, Ali, worst player Walter Smith ever signed? James Beatty. <laughs> oh, God, he was awful. Yes, he was. Zero um, goals. Oh, he was. Scotia, worst player? Andy Webster. <laughs> oh, he wasn't great either, no. He didn't play. Did he play at all? He played like a couple of games, but I think the reason he's my worst signing is because I had high hopes for him and he completely uh, sat the bed at Rangers and was... Yeah. Yeah, not a good signing at all. Uh, Ryan, your worst player? Basil Bolly for me. Oh, Basil Bolly. There was a lot of there was a lot of hype around Basil Bolly. There was because he was coming from who did he play for? Somebody, you Marseille. 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 So yeah, there was hype around Kana Bolly, but no, he didn't really ever reach the heights. Um, mine is and probably unfairly, but mine is Van Vossen. I could not, not for the obvious. I could just never take the Van Vossen. I don't know what it was. There was something about my thought. I cannot stand you at all. Uh, kind of probably my rational hatred for Brandon Barker as well. It's probably along the same kind of lines as that. I just something about Van Vossen. No, and I'll never forget him missing that ever. Nobody ever will. <laughs> Never forget that. Um, so that'll do. Uh, we'll move on. Yes, go for it, score. Tell you what, Basil Bolly costs more than Brian Lodrup did. 
Oh, did he? Uh, two and a half, was he? Two and a half, something like that. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> no. Brian Loudon was a bargain. An absolute bargain. Um, aye. That's mental, that. Uh, so, yeah, we'll move on. We'll finish up with our wild card. So, this could be anything, really. Each, each podder picks something else. An interview, celebration, comment, whatever. Uh, just something a wee bit different. So, um, Ali, we'll start with yours. And this is what you have picked. Sadly, Scotland are not going to be at this World Cup. We'll be winning the next one with you in charge. But this summer, who are you going to support? Tell Brazil. the truth. Why Brazil? Because I like Brazil, that's it. Right, yes. Okay. I think I'll get outstanding players. Good to watch. And you like Brazilians so, in general, Walter? I like Brazilians in general. Okay, pass that on. Right, and seriously though, uh, apart from Brazil, because you're a bit fashionable, a dark course. Ali, give me a word in a minute. Come on, two minutes. We'll get two of you, she's excellent together. Right, he's already said he's supporting Brazil at the World Cup. Scotland are not there, who are you supporting? Uh, Trinidad and Tobago. Why? The obvious. Right. Is that what I'm allowed to say? What's the obvious? The obvious would be obvious. Right. Shorten Marvin. Right, now Walter says he really likes Brazilians. Would you go with that yourself? <laughs> I'm a big fan of Brazilians. <laughs> <laughs> No, and can you promise us though, because all your fine work you today in the telly that you'll never go down the Hanson route and ever support England? Oh, no. Actually, oh. I wanted to do all right up to a point because my job relies on it a wee bit. Right. So I don't mind them doing okay, but same as you're crazy and winning all. Right. And your good pal Ron Atkinson, is he supporting Trinidad and Tobago as well? <laughs> Right, are you going to World Cup? I'll be there. Are right. you going yourself? And, and un- no, no chance. And under this man, will we win it the next time round? I think we'll certainly get the final. I promised it's the final anyway, so that's something to look forward to. That's <laughs> <laughs> fine. And, Walter, if uh, Paul Le Guin did ten in a row, what sort of face would you have on you? What sort of French face? Would you be raging? Certainly a little battle with you. No, no. Wouldn't be raging, I'd be, no. I'd be tremendous, be tremendous for Scottish Aye. football. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. how they get you up and out. Two more of the boys in the squad and they get you. That's what takes you exactly. up. Exactly. Are we in? Are we in? Oh, that is absolutely brilliant. That, I'm sitting absolutely ending myself at that. Walter and, um, Walter and Ali's uh, interview with, with Tam Cowan before our Scotland game. Um, it was brilliant. Ali. Without stating the obvious, it's an absolute class. Um, it's a class interview, but why this interview? Is it you're fond of Brazilians as well? I'm a big fan of Brazilians as well. I. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I just thought it summed up the relationship between McCoy and uh, Walter together. And Tam, Tam Cowan's actually quite funny, to be fair. When he asked the, the, the question about Brazilians and all, I just, I just thought it was class, the, the double act, the two of them together. And it's, it's one I always watch on YouTube because I, I think it's brilliant some of the questions they ask about it. Tim said <laughs> Le Guin's there as well. He's on about Le Guin, but no, for me, always makes me smile that video and it's an absolute cracker. It's a belter. It's the bit where Ali says, oh, this man's promised us the final and Walter's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's different class and it shows the, the, the it's matter how serious and how dignified Walter could be. He was a... Uh, he was a character and a half, Walter Smith, there's no doubt about it. And him and Ali were always really good together. Uh, but it's it's brilliant. It really is. It's a, even when he's Trinidad and Tobago, for the obvious reasons, Walter's like, what's the obvious reason? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> no, an absolute brilliant, uh, brilliant choice. So I'll go next with my one. Uh, this is mine. Rangers really 
Carl Anderson again. A sensational appearance from the substitute. And no wonder Walter Smith embroiled himself in the celebration. He has taken the game totally away from Celtic. So that was mine. I can't believe we actually started this podcast and one of you's mentioned Eric Bo Anderson. I was like, I can't believe he's going to get a mention twice in this podcast. <laughs> um, mine isn't the Bo Anderson goal. It's not even the choice of bringing Bo Anderson on the park uh, to, to, to win that game, which he did. Bo Anderson did win that game. It was what a celebration for that goal. And it's the first time, I was obviously still quite young, it was the first time that I realised that Walter Smith loved Rangers just as much as I loved Rangers because of his celebration. He did what I was doing. We did what everybody else was doing. Every other Rangers fan was doing. He was celebrating that. Um, obviously, he was probably praising himself for having a, a masterstroke with bringing on Eric Bow. yes. But that that was the moment that I mentioned it earlier. Sometimes he would break his, his dignified persona and his respectful persona and the emotion would take over him. And it was the first time, as I say, that I remember seeing him and going, oh, you love this club as much as I love this club. So I'll, I'll never forget that celebration. Every time, I, with the way he punches as he runs out, I'm like, that's that's Walter Smith for me. Um, absolutely tremendous. Really, really is. Uh, Ryan, I'll come to yours, mate, before we finish up with Scotia's. What was your, your wild card? Wildcard well, is the 1996 uh, League Cup final against Hearts. Um, we were up. I might get this, this the, the order of this wrong, so apologies. Um, I think we we're up 2 0, and then we could have fell off the face of the earth, and Hearts come back into it. And Gascoigne's having, he's not having the best game, and him and McCoy's, they've, they've tried to play a couple of one twos, and McCoy's running away from him, looking for the ball at his feet, and as a couple of miscommunications between the two of them. Um, so eventually, like McCoy's gone up to Gascoigne and said, don't make an arse of me in front of 60,000 folk. I've asked for the ball in behind and you're playing it to my feet, such and such. And Gascoigne's given it back and McCoy's went, don't fucking do that again. Like, I fucking, I'm telling you, you'll pay for it. And he's like, Mom, we'll sort it out then. We'll sort it out in the dressing room. And the two of them, I think McCoy's team had his hand in Gaz's neck. So they went into the dressing room and... Um, they're arguing and all the players are arguing with each other, but McCoy's and Gaz are going, going at it just about to get the fists out. He said McCoy's looks at Walter Smith as he walks in the dressing room and he goes off. Nah, I know when to shut up and everybody else just shuts up and Gaz is still giving it plenty. He's like, I'm going to fucking have you and stuff like that. And um, he's like, oh, you know, Walter Smith's going to go off his head with you here. He's like, right, shut up, Gaz. He's like, nah, shut up, fucking nothing. He's a fucking... <laughs> Walter Smith just grabs him, pins him up against the... Uh, the dressing room up against the pins and just goes, shut the fuck up. And Gaza's face just, uh, the colour goes to Gaza's face, sends him to the director's box, has a whiskey in the director's box and then goes out and scores two goals and wins the cup final. I mean, if that's not man management, I don't know what is. And that again touches on the special relationship with him. He knew how to manage Gaza. He knew how to get the best out of him, even in that kind of situation. Gaz is up to high door. How do you calm him down? How do you we can get yourself a whiskey? Two goals, cut for another cut for Walter Smith. Absolutely superb. Yeah, if that doesn't illustrate the the respect that he commanded from players um, when he was talking and when he was telling them what to do, and I don't know what will, mate. And he's, you're right, his man management was second to none. It really was, and he managed to get. Even not, obviously, he had very talented players, but he got the best out of. 
some players that we didn't even think would be able to make it as Rangers players. Uh, uh, so, again, it, your, your spot on, mate, is a, a cracking choice. And Scotia, we'll finish up with yours, mate. I've got a wee clip of yours, mate, so I'll play it first and then we can talk about it. Lucas Smith takes a bow and I rocks. Got the opportunity to come back and he just couldn't resist it. His club, his people. If he gets a good offer from somewhere, he might yet be back as a manager. Again, Scotia, it's probably a moment that will live with a lot of Rangers fans for a long time. Um, was Walter Smith's last ever home game in charge of the team. Um, again, without asking the ridiculous question, mate, why have you picked this as your World Cup? It just it's always stands out for me, and I think it's going to stand out for me forever. It's going to be a memory I have forever. I can't, couldn't honestly tell you much about the game other than Jelovic and Lafferty scoring early on in the first half. <laughs> I can't really remember the game. It's just, it's... The, I remember the heavens opening towards the end of the game and um, I was sitting beside Ali at that game and, in fact, we must have been very, very close to produce it, Carney, in the club deck because mm-hmm. at this mm-hmm. point we didn't have season tickets so Ali would usually try to buy tickets sort of right down the front of the club deck at the halfway line so we must have been very, very close to you. Yeah. Um, and I just I, that's what I remember that that that, that lap of honour. Um, it's grandkids obviously coming on to do it. All the players kind of walking around with them, you know. So I remember it from the game itself, and then obviously I've watched it back umpteen times since then. Um, it's a very bittersweet moment, but you know you hear even even the likes of Andy Walker saying that you know the respect that he gives to him, and it was just it was a very touching, moving moment. And you know you see some people in the in the stands that are crying and things like that. Um, it was a very, very bittersweet moment. And it's, you know, how often does a manager leave in such a high like that? It doesn't really happen. I mean, as we said said previously that usually when a manager leaves, it's because the results haven't been good enough. Both times that Walters left, right, yeah, the, the, the 10 in a row season didn't end up great, but he'd already said that he was leaving. And we'd done well up to a point that season, but that season as well. Um the, the game we played under United, we, we were doing well. We were going on, looking as if we were going on to win the league, which we eventually did um, against Kelly the, the, the following weekend. Um, managers don't leave like that too often, so it's always going to hold a very, very special place in my heart. Mine too. I'll, I'll never forget it, mate, um, to be completely honest. And I even loved, don't often give Sky commentators a bit of credit, but it was his club, his people, and he couldn't be any more kind of spot on with that, to be completely honest. And I, even right at the start, when they first come on the pitch, obviously I couldn't play the full clip, would be here all night if I was sitting just playing clips. But um, when they first come on, Davey Weir, 
walks up to him as if they're not going to do a, a kind of walk around the park and Walter just says something in his ear just quickly and Davey Weir immediately is like that. All the players moves them all on. He grabs his kids and everything and he still had that that stature in that respect. Um, so, yeah, I, I, and a, a great way to, to finish this up. Um, I, I'll say a wee bit at the end, lads. So, Ali, thank you very much for doing this pod, mate. Um, I hope we've I hope we've done it a wee, done him a wee bit of justice. No problem. I think that's the longest pod we've ever done. But Probably. if one man if one man deserves the longest ever pod we've ever done, it's it's Walter Smith. So no, it was a pleasure. Cheers, guys. Yeah, Scotia, thank you very much, mate. Yeah, no, that was really good. Um, nice to hear all the memories and other people's thoughts as well. Yeah, and like I say, I think for me now, Walter Smith sits at the top of the pantheon of um of Rangers greats. A hundred percent. Ryan, your final thoughts, mate. Really enjoyed that. Um, I knew I would anyway, but it was, it was brilliant hearing everybody's stories and it brings the memories back and the fame they deserved it. It's Walter Smith and I I just like to look at Walter Smith now as I'm, I'm glad I'm glad that we had him and I'm glad that I lived through through his era. He was uh, he was something else, the greatest for me. Absolutely. Um so we've not even discussed these many cup wins. His last title, really, 54, and we didn't even really touch on the famous the Chick, famous Chick Young interview when he wanted to make Chick Young retire. Um, we could do a million pods on Walter Smith, but we we would still not do the man justice uh, due to the stature of the man. Uh, we wanted to do something a little different and discuss moments that were important to us, and I'm sure you, uh, this will not be the last time that we dedicate a show to Walter Smith. We again pass on our best to his family. Uh, hope the tributes that have flooded in um, for Walter makes them proud. We thank them again for allowing the manager to make one more trip to the stadium and for allowing us to say goodbye to the legend, um, to a legend that has such an impact on every one of our lives. I thank the guys for joining me. Uh, I thank you all for listening, but most of all, I thank Sir Walter for everything he has done for us and for the memories that will never fade. Your legend will live forever. Walter Smith's blown my army. <laughs>